This is Mark Halleck, and welcome to the Leading Church Revitalization Podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage and equip you for the work of leading church revitalization in your context. I really hope and pray you will be helped and you'll be encouraged and you might even be a little bit inspired in our time together. Because here's the truth, there's a lot of churches people have given up on that God is just not done with. So thanks for coming by and let's link arms together to replant and revitalize churches for the glory of God and for our joy in Him. Well, last week, we considered 10 reasons why long-haul ministry is so important and so effective in a church revitalization context, because let's be honest, it takes time. It takes commitment to help see and help lead a congregation back to life and vibrancy after years of decline. Well, once we've prayerfully considered what it would look like to be faithfully committed to a local church— and are convinced that we should do this for the long haul, the next step is to consider how we actually do this. In other words, what are some of those pieces that will help us not only to sustain the long haul, but to enjoy it and to love it, not just for ourselves, but for the church and for our families? And so what I want to do is just consider eight strategies for cultivating a heart for long haul ministry. And so let's begin with number one which is this, abide in Jesus and his word. Listen, pastors with enduring ministries faithfully seek to love and be loved by Jesus, to abide in Christ, to let the word of God saturate their hearts. When we talk about abiding in Jesus, we're reminded of John fifteen five, where he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And here's the kicker. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. (laughs) That's right, nothing. Jesus is telling us to abide in him, not only in our personal lives, but also in our ministries. Now, sadly, we will all fail. We know this. In a fallen world like ours, where our flesh is often stronger than we'd like, and we're being sanctified by the Spirit, the reality is we will all fail to abide in Jesus and do ministry under his power um, on different occasions. We will rely on our own strength. And here's what you know, and here's what I know. That never goes well. When we struggle to maintain under our own power, we slowly dry up and quench the Holy Spirit. Having a life marked by an abiding walk with Christ will sustain us for the long haul. Here's number two. Refuse to base ministry success on the size of your church. And this is so important. You know it and I know it. We live in a society that values celebrity pastors and celebrity churches. Sam Rayner writes, a 2,000 attendance church is not more fulfilling than a 200 attendance church. Your worth to Christ is not dependent on the size of your church. We need to preach this message, friends, to ourselves when we feel guilty that we're not doing enough or that we're not successful. Rainer continues, he says, your worth to Christ is not dependent on the size of your church. I hope you hear that. Success is no longer about 
arriving at the large county seat churches like it was in the 1960s. Quite frankly, such ideas should not have existed back then. They certainly shouldn't exist now. We have to change the narrative. That's the point. Listen, I don't care if if we have 2,000 or 200 or two people in our churches. A successful pastor is a faithful pastor. Let me say that again. A successful pastor, in the eyes of the Lord, is a faithful pastor, faithful to the Word of God, faithful to shepherding the people that are under your care, to bringing glory to Him, and to seeking and loving the lost in the community wherever you are. If we refuse to base successful ministry on the size of our churches, but rather on the value of ministry faithfulness to the Lord, we will begin to cultivate a long-haul heart for our particular congregations. Here's number three. Live in and love the community where you serve as pastor. When I say this, here's what I mean. Be committed to living in or near the immediate community around the church where you're going to minister. It matters. It says a lot to that church and to that community. Not long ago, I was speaking with a church that was declining, and they shared that their part-time pastor lived three hours away. He drove to their church on Sunday mornings. He would preach a service. If he needed to make any hospital calls, he did it then. And then he drove back home. Now, listen, I can understand in an interim situation where that might be the only option. But I'll tell you this, if we're going to see real revitalization happen in declining churches and communities, we need to live in that community. We need to be missionaries in that community, loving the people of the community, getting to know teachers and principals and city officials and folks who work at the local coffee shop. We need to be present, embracing that community with the love of Jesus. As we seek to do this, I'm convinced the Lord will cause us to fall in love with the community. And as we fall in love with the residents, it will encourage us. Hear this. It will encourage us and make us want to stay there for years to come, even in the face of real discouragement and challenges. Here's number four. Pursue real friendships. You know, a lot of pastors don't have many true friends. They've got a lot of acquaintances in their church and in other places, but they don't have true friends they can confide in, friends they can laugh with, friends they can hang out with or go to a football game with. We need to pray for God to bring men into our lives for the sake of real friendships, where we can pray together and encourage each other when we're down. Now listen, this doesn't just happen. We have to, by God's grace, pursue these relationships. And I know it's a challenge, but that's why I use the word pursue. We're quick to believe that the people in our churches need good friends to encourage them and sharpen them as iron sharpens iron, right? We talk about that all the time, but pastors, guess what? We need that as well for our own joy in the Lord, for our own encouragement when ministry is hard. These friendships will help sustain us in long haul ministry. Number five, grow in prayerful patience. Long-haul ministry is just that. It's a long haul. We have to be patient. We can't just step into a struggling church and start making changes as we see fit. Making changes overnight is typically not very healthy, and those changes may very well be detrimental to our jobs, quite frankly. Rather, the ability to lead change is earned as we grow trust, as we love people, as we consistently care for them. And as we faithfully preach the word week in and week out, 
Each of these pieces is critical in preparing the congregation, as well as ourselves, to lead change effectively. Practicing prayerful patience is key to all of this. Maybe you're like me and can be very impatient. I'll admit, I can be really impatient at times. Listen, we want people to change at our desired speed, don't we? It's true in life. It's true in the church. And I confess, there have been times where in my mind, I'm thinking, we've we've been working on the same sin issue for three years with this guy, and there's still no growth. Or or maybe something like this. We, we've been having this conversation with our leaders about making changes to our music ministry or some of their ministry for so long, and we're still not taking any steps. Instead of trusting the sovereignty of God, we can get impatient in those moments. Instead of trusting that the Spirit will lead us as He wills, so that the church is unified, and that's key, and moving forward together, we get discouraged because our timeline is not being met. How do we combat this prideful attitude? And it is a prideful attitude. The primary way we grow in patience is through humble, persistent, submissive prayer. The power of God will work on us and in us as we come to him in humility and say, Lord, will you cultivate in my heart Christ-like patience? Will you cultivate a recognition and trust that this is your church and you are in control? This is not my church. I'm not in control. God, forgive me for the ways that I'm impatient and help me to grow in this area. Help me to believe that this ministry of revitalization is long haul and this is a good thing. Help me to see this as a a beautiful journey that you have graciously called me to and that in your perfect timing, you're going to help this church be what you want it to be. Number six, develop and delegate. Many pastors are not very good at developing other leaders and then delegating tasks and responsibilities to those leaders. We try to do it all ourselves, which is one reason why burnout is at an all-time high. Pastors are trying to do everything. If we're going to be healthy, listen, over many years, and I hope you want to be healthy, we have to develop other leaders. We cannot do it by ourselves. Consider these questions. Number one, what is your plan to develop leaders? Number two, Do you have a leadership development pipeline of some kind in your church? And number three, do you have a strategy for how you're going to develop deacons, other pastors, and other team leaders in your church? Those are three really important questions. We begin by developing leaders, but then we must delegate responsibilities to them. Listen, it doesn't do us any good to raise up other leaders and then do all of the work ourselves when so often other leaders can actually do it better than we can. At the core of this idea, of course, is humility. We are saying, God, this is your ministry, not mine. This is your church, not mine. These are your people, not mine. These folks have gifts that you've given them that I don't have. And so, Lord, help me to serve them, to equip them, and to encourage them to use their gifts so that I might be more effective in running this marathon as their pastor. No pastor can do it all alone. Developing and delegating will help prepare you for the long haul. Number seven, have fun. That's right. You've got to have fun. Listen, our life is short. We don't know how many days we have left, and God in His grace has called us to this work. And what a joy to be called to this. Are you kidding? Like, we need to pray that God would help us to not take ourselves too seriously. 
and we would truly enjoy this calling he has placed on our lives, and that we would daily remember what a blessing it is to shepherd and pastor his people. Part of long-haul ministry effectiveness is learning how to have fun on the journey. Here's just the deal. If, if the journey's not fun, if there's no real joy in it, we're probably not going to stay very long. And perhaps we shouldn't. Nobody needs a joyless pastor. So pastor friend, here's what I would tell you. I pray you will enjoy your ministry, that you will enjoy your calling, that you will enjoy your church through the power of the Spirit, even in the face of many challenges. What a privilege this is. Finally, number eight, remember the Lord is with you and he is for you. Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who could be against us? We need to remember the Lord is with us in this. He is with us in the challenges. He is with us in the joys. We need to rest in the assurance of the gospel that God is for us and he loves us through Christ. We can't forget that the Holy Spirit will give us all that we need to lead God's people well, to care for them well, to reach the community, to see the lost saved. We have to remember we are not on our own and ultimately the Lord God is with us. Praise him. So as we remember to put these eight things into practice, God will be at work. He will be cultivating our hearts for long-haul ministry. And as he does, as he does this, we will see more and more churches revitalized because they have pastors who will not easily jump ship, but are committed. The question is, will you be one of these? Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Hey, as you continue to grow, I want to point you in the direction of a book called Leading Church Revitalization. This entire podcast is really built on and based on that book. You can pick it up at Amazon.com today. Also, check out AcomaPress.org. Acoma Press is committed to putting out resources to help encourage and equip you as a revitalizer or a replanter. It's also very committed to help equip congregations that are struggling and facing serious decline. I would love to stay in touch with you. So let's connect on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Any way I can serve you, I would love to do that. Man, I can't wait till we're together next time. Thanks so much for stopping by. God bless you all.